And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Big Football Show. I'm Austin Meek, joined, as always, by Colton Pouncey. Colton, how quickly things can change. Uh, and I have to specify that we are talking about college football here. There's some other stuff going on in the state of Michigan, so we have to specify that uh, when I say that, I am talking about uh, the state of, of the Big Ten football season, especially here in the state of Michigan. Because a week ago, we were on this show talking about Michigan and Michigan State. It looked like Michigan was a huge favorite in that game. Michigan was so impressive in week one. Michigan State was so disappointing in week one. The conversation was like, is there any way that Michigan State can even keep this close? And then we got a total stunner. Michigan State upsets Michigan 27-24. Huge building block win for Mel Tucker. A huge disappointing loss for Jim Harbaugh. So, Colton, what has been the reaction in East Lansing this week coming off that that huge win for the Spartans? Well, first of all, I just want to say, I I mean, I can't really think of a single more important topic to talk about right now. Um, I might be drawing a blank or something, but I mean... (laughs) Nothing else happening in the world. This seems like the only thing happening. But I mean, (laughs) honestly, what a game though, right? Um, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, those teams always go at it, but it always felt like going into this specific matchup, Michigan just had the edge. Um, You know, just looking at where Michigan State was, a rebuilding team coming off a loss to Rutgers versus Michigan. Um, You know, they had that big win over over Minnesota. Joe Milton looked really good. The offense had things flowing. It looked like, okay, what what is this Michigan team going to look like going into it? And then they came out, wow, you know, I think they impressed a lot of people. So just knowing what we knew going into that game, it never really felt like Michigan State had a chance. I know you can always say, Oh, you know, you never know what you're going to get with this rivalry. But in that game, we just learned, I think we learned a lot about these two teams and a lot about the landscape of college football right now. We can't really put too much stock in one specific week, right? But at the same time, what a bounce back effort for Michigan State. You know, they had seven turnovers in that first matchup against Rutgers, come back with zero. Um, the defense really held strong. They were tackling when they need to tackle. They were reading the, the plays in the backfield, reading the guards for Michigan, determining everything that they, they were doing offensively and stopping it. So I think when you look at that game, there are a few takeaways from Michigan State. Um, they might have a quarterback in Rocky Lombardi. Uh, he was he had some really nice throws in that game, was beating the Michigan secondary pretty much all game long. Um, had a big game from true freshman Ricky White, who had 196 receiving yards in his first career start. How about that? Um, and, and again, like the defense really showed improvement from week one to week two. That's what Mel Tucker was looking for. He was kind of preaching about it all week. He figured that things would come together, but even the most modest expectations, I don't think you could have seen that sort of improvement coming. So what a bounce back effort for Michigan State. 
Yeah, we knew that this was going to be an unpredictable season week to week. I've said that a million times. Yeah. And yet, somehow, I, I still managed to just be completely blindsided <laughs> by what happened in that game. I think part of it was when we talked about the unpredictability of this season, so much of it was because we knew that rosters were going to be in flux, players would be coming and going week to week, you know, teams would be playing shorthanded. None of that was really in play. Like, if you're right. in Michigan... You can't blame that loss on, well, you know, we didn't have some of our players or anything like that. I mean, Michigan was completely healthy. They had every starter on the field. They looked so sharp in week one. And I think that was why I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. And Nick and I talked about this on the beat earlier this week about how, you know, with Jim Harbaugh's program, there is a track record that they, they just can't put together the consistency throughout the course of a full season and they just will have these games these these head scratching performances uh, that just make you wonder why the Michigan we saw in week 1 isn't the Michigan that we saw in week 2 but Michigan State had a lot to do with that you know you have to give Michigan State a ton of credit for the game plan that they put together Michigan's players said after the game that they did not expect Michigan State to come out and throw the ball down the field the way they did. I mean, obviously, there was no scouting report on Ricky White. Nobody nobody knew who he was coming into the game, and he has eight catches for almost 200 yards. Colton, what was what was the biggest surprise for you in terms of what Michigan State was able to do in that game? Um, you know, I, I think for me, when you look at Rocky Lombardi, and I don't want to say it was a surprise because. I had done some reporting. I had looked into some of the work that he's done in the offseason, um, you know, just working on his mechanics, his, his footwork, his deep ball, his accuracy, all, all those things. Um, he's, he's really behind the scenes put in a lot of work to become a better quarterback. If, if you recall in, in 20, 2018 when he got his first real taste of action, he was not very good. And he completed it a little over 40% of his passes, uh, had more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, really looked like a freshman back there. He was a redshirt freshman in, in that year and was forced to come in for Brian Lewerke before he was ready. And so I think a lot of people coming into the season looked at what he had done in 2018, limited action 2019 as a backup, and there were a lot of question marks about him. What kind of quarterback would he be now that this is his team, now that he's he's a starting quarterback? And so far through two games, I mean, in that Rutgers game, he had over 300 yards. He completed over 70% of his passes, but you didn't really see the deep ball. And that's something that you wanted to see a little bit more and something that he needed to prove because, in 20, again, in 2018, he was not a very good deep ball thrower. And so I think my biggest surprise out of this Michigan game is for him to connect on so many of those throws. You know, he had completions of 53, 50, 40, just dropping bombs over the field. And, and, and some of that is Michigan secondary. They had some issues there, but... I think there's some real speed on this Michigan receiver core with a guy like Ricky White, who is from Georgia, a quick twitch athlete, um, you know, guys like Jalen Naylor who have been around but have kind of been hurt and hasn't really been able to show off his big playability that much. But now he's healthy and he's doing it on a more consistent basis. And even Jaden Reed, who was kind of quiet in that game, you know, he had 11 catches for 128 yards against Rutgers. So really, when you look at this receiving core and Rocky Lombardi, there's a lot of speed there. He's got the arm and the touch and improved accuracy to get to them. And if they can keep up that sort of play, obviously you don't expect dropping all those bombs on a week-to-week basis. But if that big play is part of their offense, which it hasn't been in recent years at Michigan State, you know that can really help them turn the, right the ship for this offense. Yeah, I thought Michigan State outplayed Michigan at quarterback and at receiver. 
And that's given what the conversation was after week one and all the buzz around Joe Milton. I think that's definitely, that was the surprise to me, I think, mm-hmm. is that, that Michigan State had such an advantage at those two spots. And we're starting to see now, I think, Joe Milton come back down to earth a little bit, or maybe the hype around Joe Milton come back down to earth. You know, it's not it's not Joe Milton's fault, uh, you know, that everybody was talking about him as, you know, this, this budding superstar, it, it, right. which he absolutely still could be. I mean, he's got a ton of talent, and he's got a really bright future, but I think we saw in that game why he's still an unfinished product at quarterback. You know, J- Joe Milton struggled to get the ball down the field. I thought that was one of the most impressive things that Michigan State did. Everything, Michigan State kept everything in front of them defensively. There just was nothing. You know, there were mm-hmm. no big plays down the field for Michigan. And when Michigan did get a guy open, you know, I was looking back at the game today and there was a play where Ronnie Bell comes open in the deep middle and the ball sails over his head. You know, that that's the stuff right now with Michigan's offense that's just not quite clicking. Um, so now, you know, I think we got to do some reevaluation. You know, we thought we knew some things about both of these teams after week one. We had the conversation last week that Michigan coming off that opener against Minnesota had a case as the second best team in the Big Ten. We wouldn't say that anymore today. Uh, and Michigan State, you know, we looked at their schedule and said, well, if you can't beat Rutgers, who are you going to beat? And they showed us they're going to beat Michigan. So now what, Colton, what's the... You know, what's the prospectus for Michigan State now? You know, they get Iowa this week. Iowa's 0-2, kind of a desperate team. Uh, how did that Michigan win change the expectations now for what Michigan State can do the rest of the season? You know, it's really funny, and I think you have to go back a little bit further before the Michigan game. Um, you know, coming into the season, if you ask me the first three games that on Michigan State's schedule, which were Rutgers, Michigan, and Iowa, what would their record be if you asked me that? I would have said 1-2. And I would have said they, they, they would have beaten Rutgers with losses to Michigan and Iowa. And, I mean, obviously when you look at Michigan's team, again, we've talked about it, but they, their program is just further along than Michigan State's right now. And I think that's was kind of fair to expect them to win that game, and obviously it didn't happen. Iowa was coming off a 10-win season last year, lost a ton of guys, um, a lot of talent from that team, a lot of key starters and playmakers. So you sort of wondered how they were going to adjust. But Kirk Ferentz always usually gets them ready to go. Now they start the season with two losses. They're 0-2 right now. Um, Their losses came against Purdue and Northwestern, which by 21-20. So that was a close game, but still. That team is 0-2 right now. So if you're Michigan State, coming off this win, now obviously you got to keep it going. you got to make sure that momentum doesn't go away. Mel Tucker talks about, you know, being neutral, 24-hour rule, you know, not getting too high after a big win, not getting too low after after a crushing loss. So it's, it's up to him to kind of reel them back in and say, look, we still got a full season ahead of us. We can't just get complacent because we beat Michigan. But if they come back with that same sort of game plan as we're going to take our shots deep, our defense is going to make the stops when guys are in front of us, no yards after the catch, we're going to be sound tacklers. Um, and if the offensive line can continue to come along, that's a game that Michigan State could win. And, and again, we didn't think that going into the season, but just based on the landscape of, of the conference and how things are ever-changing, I think that's a game that Michigan State could walk away with a win. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, I think one of the things that that we're realizing with this eight-game schedule is things can get away from you fast. If if you're a team like Iowa off to an 0-2 start or like Michigan already with a, a loss that you didn't expect, it's not like you've got a lot of time to make up for it. Right. And now Michigan has to go to Indiana, which is a tough game. Both you and I really like this Indiana team with Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. So Michigan, if you, if you don't get this stuff fixed quickly, now all of a sudden you could be looking at one and two, and there's not time you know, to, to come back from that. You don't have the luxury of you – know, you don't have a bye week that you can fix things. Uh, you don't have a full season ahead of you to say you can, you know, you can find your stride. That was the phrase we said a million times with Michigan last year. Is you know, in the middle of last season, they finally found their stride. But you don't have that that luxury this year with with the shortened schedule. So, you know, when Nick and I talked about this on on Monday, you know, we talked about the fact that one of the things with Jim Harbaugh's Michigan teams is. They have always found a way that when you think that they might be slipping off the rails, they they get it back together. You know, they have these moments where they get tested, or you know, these moments where they where they don't play well. They had one of those last year against Wisconsin, uh, and they always they always seem to find a way to get it back on track. Uh, but they're gonna have to, you know, they're gonna have to do that again. Uh, and they've got a really tough game coming up. So you know, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with that Michigan-Indiana game because I feel like it's you know, a, real, a real swing game for both teams because if Michigan loses this game, it's hard to see you know, Michigan being competitive in the division and Indiana and all of a sudden 3-0. and Colton, I think, would be you know, the team, the, the biggest threat uh, to Ohio State in the Big Ten East. Yeah, the, so the thing with Michigan is that the margin for error was always slim. Um, you know, this, this is a team that could not really afford too many losses outside of Ohio State and Penn State. Those are the games that really kind of make or break their season each year. Um, and it's even slimmer now after a loss to Michigan State. And you still got to go, to, you still got to play Penn State. You, you, Ohio State is looming on schedule at the end of the year. 
And again, this Indiana team that is surprising a lot of people, um, you know, they're sort of turning things around. If they start 3-0 and and they, if they knock off Michigan, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about this Michigan team. Um, this is not where you expect it to be after week one. It's And it's, it's just crazy how much how quickly things can change with this shortened slate. Um, just how it, college football has always been a week-to-week sport, and I think we're certainly cognizant of that, but everything is under a microscope with this Big Ten Conference. And so if Michigan is not able to pull out that win, they're not able to bounce back against Indiana, I think you can kind of put a fork in their season for everything that they wanted to accomplish this year. Yeah, absolutely. With two losses uh, and still having to play Penn State, uh, still you know potentially having to play Wisconsin. Obviously, Wisconsin is continues to be shut down, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that game. But right. yeah, you lose to Michigan State uh, and Indiana in the East, and you still haven't played Ohio State and Penn State. There's just there's not really a path anymore. That that door closes for Michigan if if they don't win this week. Uh, looking around the rest of the league this weekend, so uh, Michigan Indiana noon game on FS1. Nebraska Northwestern, also a noon kickoff. Michigan State, Iowa at noon. Maryland Penn State, 3.30 game on the Big Ten Network. Minnesota, Illinois. Rutgers, Ohio State is the night game. And then the Purdue-Wisconsin game has been canceled. So, Colton, if we look at the West for a minute, um, just as we predicted, of course, Northwestern and Penn State atop the division at, <laughs> at 2-0. Excuse me, uh, Northwestern and Purdue atop yeah. the division at 2-0. Uh, we both like that Purdue team. Uh, Northwestern, I had them last, so I clearly didn't see that coming. Uh, Colton, uh, where where do we stand now? Who who do you think is the team to beat in the Big Ten West? Well, I don't think it's Iowa right now, considering they lost to both Purdue and Northwestern to start the season. Um it, it, it's tough because obviously you want to factor in Wisconsin, but you just really can't right now just based on everything that's happening over there. Um, so with the teams that are still playing, I think you have to look at Purdue and, and really Purdue and Northwestern. But again, we both like this Purdue team a lot. Um, started the year with a 24-20 win over Iowa, you know, came back last week, beat, you know, a struggling Illinois team. Um but again, I think they've got some playmakers at receiver. Um, their defense is really coming along. It's looking a lot better than last year. Um, so they can continue making those strides. Purdue is going to be a team that's going to be a factor in this West Division. You know, no matter who else is kind of coming along in that in that division as well. Um, with Northwestern, I think the thing you want to see from them is could their offense improve? They were one of the worst offensives in the country last year. I don't think that was up for debate. I think they finished 126 in scoring. <laughs> um, so what they did was they went out and got grad transfer uh, Peyton Ramsey. He's looked okay. I mean, he's more of a game manager. He's not really going to win you much games. But, um, you know, he's completing a high percent of, a high percentage of his passes. Um, he's got them 2-0 and right now. I think they're feeling a little bit more confident. That defense is playing well. So these are two interesting teams in that West Division that – might be under the radar a little bit, but um, they're, they're certainly a factor, they're, and they're going to continue to be a factor. Looking at Purdue's schedule right now, so uh, their game this week against Wisconsin canceled. Uh, they get Northwestern on November 14th at Minnesota on November 20th. Rutgers on November 28th. Nebraska at home on December 5th. And then they end the season at Indiana, so that, that'll be a big game. But yeah, it's I mean, that whole West division now, it's its so hard to predict what's going to happen because Wisconsin is such a wild card. Uh, based on the way Wisconsin looked on the opening night of the season, you thought that was clearly the best team in that division. Now they're going to have 
two straight games that they're not able to play. And we don't really know what's going to happen with Wisconsin on November 14th when they're supposed to come to Michigan. You know, that game is it's scheduled to be the Saturday night game on ABC. It would have been one of Michigan's biggest games of the season for sure. It, it may still happen. I mean, it's just it's really hard to know how this situation with Wisconsin is going to impact the rest of the league. Uh, they had, you know, they were hopeful that they were going to be able to play their game this week. And then the testing comes back and they've got more cases this week than they had last week. Uh, and so you just, you know, you don't know what's going to have to happen even for Wisconsin to be able to play that game against Michigan. And then if they do play, you have to wonder how many of their players are going to be available based on the 21-day the protocol and the number of positive tests they've had, if if they do play right. on the 14th against Michigan, they're not going to be at full strength. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for a team like Purdue, is it a break that you don't have to play Wisconsin? I, would you like to play them and have a chance to you know, knock off the team that's the favorite in your division? It's, it's really hard to say, and we're going to have some weird – you know, some records that don't match up in terms of the number of games that everybody's going to be able to play. But I guess the takeaway for me, Colton, is I look at Purdue's schedule going forward. Uh, they can they can win the rest of their games. Indiana at the end of the year is probably the toughest one. Uh, but there's no game on that schedule I look at and say Purdue can't win that game. No, I think you're right. Um, they do have a very favorable schedule going forward. And I think if you're Purdue, you you would probably want to play Wisconsin just to, if, if not for the schedule purposes, just for your own bracking rights and say, hey, we think we're, we got a squad here. We think that we can compete with anyone in our division. So we want to play the best. But um, I, I just think looking at this Purdue team, um, if they can keep this going a little bit more, a little bit more if they can keep showing what they've shown and two weeks, uh, why not Purdue? Uh, you know, Jeff Rom a couple years ago had this this program going in the right direction, had some untimely injuries. You know, Rondell Moore gets hurt. That really knocks out a lot of what you want to do, especially offensively. But they've got a lot of guys back, a lot of guys that are playing well, and they're playing as a team. So if they can keep that going forward, you know, no matter what happens with Wisconsin, I think Purdue can kind of make a run here. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we have to point out, Purdue's done this without Rondale Moore. You know, that was right. that was one of the big reasons why a lot of people liked this Purdue team coming into the season was you know, Rondale Moore makes the decision to come back, one of the best players in, in the Big Ten. Uh, he hasn't been available. Hopefully he's able to get back out there soon. But David Bell, in his absence, uh, I believe leads the league in receiving uh, a dynamic player. Uh, it seems like Purdue's found a, an answer at quarterback. So, uh, yeah, you know, a lot to like about that team. With Northwestern, it's, you know, I feel like it's still a little bit more wait and see for me. Um, an impressive week one for sure against Maryland, you know, a Maryland team that came back and, and beat Minnesota uh, in dramatic fashion. Uh, you look at Northwestern's schedule going forward, uh, Nebraska this week at Purdue on, on, the 14th, you know, that could be a potential uh, 
maybe a little early to call that a championship game in the West, but certainly a game with a lot of implications. Northwestern plays Wisconsin on the 21st at Michigan State on the 28th at Minnesota on December 5th, and they end the season against Illinois. So, yeah, to me, the the big wild card in the West is just what happens with Wisconsin. Because if Wisconsin is able to play uh, on the 14th against Michigan, and by later in November, if Wisconsin is close to full strength, maybe that is, again, the best team in the West. It's just really hard to know what version of Wisconsin we're going to see this season if if they'll ever get back to being the team that they were on that that Friday night to open the season. Right. And again, yeah, that's that's the big wild card here. That's the big toss up. And if they are, which, you know, if Graham Mertz is back and he's healthy and he's he's playing the way that he played in week 1, um this Wisconsin team is the team to beat. If not, they got some they got some guys back who are still slowly coming along things like that and maybe their numbers are slowly selling down. It's going to be it's going to be a toss up. But um for now, I still think Wisconsin's the best team when they're complete, but certainly have some some other squads making a run. All right, I'm I'm going to uh, make us go on the record here uh, with the teams that we cover as as painful as this could be. <laughs> uh, Colton, okay, the Michigan State Iowa game. Uh, who do you have in that game this weekend? Uh, it, it's tough because again, I, Michigan. I've said this before. This Michigan, this Michigan State team has broken my brain twice now this year. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from them on a week-to-week basis, which is, part, again, part of the schedule, part of the season. But really with the, with the state team, it's like, okay, you lost to Rutgers and you got it from Michigan. What are you going to do next? So uh, I, based on the momentum that they have, I think I would pick Michigan State against Iowa. I don't think it would be by a lot, but I think I would pick them. If their defense continues to, to wrap up and and – if they keep adjusting to that four-two-five that Scotty Hazleton is bringing in, which it seems like they're starting to get comfortable with it, um, I like their chances. The offense, the running game has to get going because Elijah Collins, who is you know the Big Ten's leading returning rusher this year, um, I think he has under 20 yards for the season. Um, he hasn't really been used a lot. He's kind of number three in the depth chart right now, so we don't know what you're going to get from the run game. The offensive line is still a mess. They're kind of coming along. They were a little bit better against Michigan, but – they have a lot of room to improve. And I think any coach will tell you that as well. So there are some issues there that need to get worked out and they're still coming along. But I don't know, maybe they're going to break my brain for a third time. But right <laughs> now I have Michigan State um, taking down Iowa this weekend. Yeah, it's, you know, I think in some ways, I think that game is really all about Iowa and, you know, what, what Iowa does uh, with really with their season on the line. You know, after the off season that Iowa had, um, you know, to be zero and two right now, at zero and three, if you lose to Michigan State, um, there, you know, it's hard to it's hard to come back from that. So, you know, does Iowa kind of realize that hey, it's now or never? We got to get it together. Uh, Iowa favored by about a touchdown in that game. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to lean a little bit to Iowa in that game, but certainly one that I think I would not be shocked to see. Would not be shocked to see Michigan State go in there and win that game based on uh, what we saw on Saturday from the Spartans. Right. So the other uh, the other game involving our uh, our local teams here, who do you have in the Michigan-Indiana game, Colton? I mean, as much as I like this Indiana squad, uh, I still have some questions about them. I mean, the Rutgers game, 
I know the team I covered lost to Rutgers, but uh, <laughs> I know Indiana didn't have much trouble with them. Uh, the The Penn State game was really close, and you could argue that was a questionable ending. So Indiana could very well be one and one, but they are two and two and zero, oh, and they'll take that every time. Uh, but going into a game against Michigan, I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams here. Um, if Rutgers starts off three and zero, takes down Penn State and Michigan, oh my God, you got to be feeling good about where you are if you're a Hoosier fan. Um, but again, you and Nick mentioned it in the past, like this Michigan State team or this Michigan team uh, certainly responds well at times after losses like that. So, you know, I think I would lean Michigan. I think they'll try to emphasize some things in practice that they probably failed to execute against Michigan State and, and look to right the ship a little bit. Um, so I think for now I kind of lean Michigan. But, man, that's such a toss up in my opinion. What do, what do you think? You know, I remember going into the Indiana game last year. Uh, I thought Indiana really had a chance against Michigan last year, mm-hmm. and it wasn't all that close. It was one of Michigan's most impressive wins of the season, you know, most impressive overall performances, I thought, last year, that game at Indiana. But, you know, a big part of that game last year was Nico Collins. Uh, Nico Collins not around anymore. Michigan's got some some injury questions coming out of that Michigan State game in terms of uh, is Cam McGrone going to be available? Is Jalen Mayfield going to be available? I was a little surprised to see Michigan favored in that game, although not super surprised you know, knowing that Michigan typically gets, you know, odds makers typically give Michigan some credit. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to pick Indiana. I'm going to get on the Indiana bandwagon. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to adopt them. Uh, Indiana fans, I'm, I'm with you this week. I don't know. We'll see. I just, yeah, I'm a lot of questions about Michigan coming off that game. A lot of questions and uh, really make or break time I wanna, for Jim Harbaugh's program. And I want to be clear, Indiana fans, I, I'm still with you. I just don't think you're <laughs> going to win this week. But trust me, you've got my full support. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Big Football Show. We appreciate it. We're here doing the show five days a week during the football season. Uh, so tune in tomorrow to hear Jesse Temple and Ari Wasserman on the show. Uh, and Colton and I will be back to talk to you next Thursday uh, to break down everything that's going on in the Big Ten. So tune in then. Until then, thanks for checking out the show. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.